Welcome to All the Social Ladies, a podcast bringing you candid conversations with the boldest women in digital marketing. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and let's get into the show. Guess what, you guys? Today, I get to interview one of my biggest business girl crushes, Andrea Brimmer, who is the Chief Marketing Officer of Ally Financial. You are going to love her three moments of her career, and you're going to so identify with them. No matter what stage you are in your career, it's all about learning how to give yourself confidence. Take a listen. Welcome, Andrea, to the show. Thank you, Carrie. I'm really excited to be here today. Andrea, as you know, I'm a big fan of you. I've followed your work for a while now, and I'm really excited to learn about how you got to where you are today. So I'm looking for the three moments that you really feel helped define your career. Well, yeah, that's such a great question. So as I thought about that and thought about the three biggest moments, I would have to say the first one was probably when I was on the agency side. I was working at Campbell Ewald, and um, I had just had my second child. So I was 38 years old. I had two babies under two years old, and I came back, and I was promoted to the account director on the Chevrolet account. And I was the youngest person to ever be made account director, and I was the only woman in the 90 some year history of that account to ever be the account director on the account. And it was a huge defining moment for me because I had what I would say probably 50% of the agency rooting for me and 50% of the agency rooting against me. And um, it was a lot of responsibility, especially with two babies at home. So for me, that was really a moment of bravery and self-reflection and digging down deep inside to say you can do this and you have to do it because you have to show other women that it can be done. And that was a really pivotal moment for me because it really made me realize that the responsibility was bigger than just myself. It was a responsibility Mm. that was about, you know, women in business and can those things be done at those, in those moments. So that was probably one big one. Scale of one to 10. How terrified were you when you were doing it? <laughs> Probably a 15, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was, I was really scared because I, I, you know, I, first of all, you wonder, do I have the chops to do this? Second, when you know that there's a lot of people hoping that you're going to fail because either they wanted that job or they didn't want to see a woman in that job. And at the time, that was still a lot of the reality of the business. Um, and then, you know, you feel a huge sense of responsibility for all the people that are cheering for you and that want you to be successful and you don't want to let them down. And then I had these little babies at home and I'm like, how am I going to throw myself into this job and yep. be the best that I can be for all those people that are counting on me there? And then how am I going to do the best thing for my kids and my family? So it was a really scary time. I mean, it was an exciting time. It's what I had worked for my whole life, but it was, it was pretty terrifying at the same time. Wow. Okay. Second moment. Second moment was really when I came to Ally. And so I never really thought I'd leave the agency world. I never thought I'd go to the client side. And I thought I'd spend my whole career at Cambly World. I was there 20 years, which is pretty unheard of in the agency world, right? To stay at at one place for that amount of time. And I remember coming over and at the time, the marketing team was very new. It was when GMAC was spinning off from GM and 
we were going to become this new brand, but we didn't know what the brand was going to be. And there was all this work that needed to be done to define the brand, come up with the name, create this culture, go to market in a very short period of time. And I was used to being at this vast, big agency with all these resources. And all of a sudden, here I was like a team of five. And um, I had this massive responsibility on my shoulders. And I thought, yikes, can I really make this leap? Can I go from being on the agency side to now being on the client side and bring a whole new brand to market really, really fast and do all of the things that are being asked of me in terms of finding an agency, creating a brand, help creating a culture. And it was a really weird pivot for me because it was like going from being really comfortable and really knowing what you were doing and having all of these resources and these partners to kind of being alone and having to figure it all out on your own. There wasn't anybody to turn to. There wasn't, like I said, this huge group. There weren't all these resources. And it was a financial services company. There were no other marketing people. So that was another really defining moment of my career because it really – focused me on having to dig deep inside of me and rely on myself only. And, you know, ultimately the team grew and it got bigger and there were lots of other people that helped me bring the brand to market and helped me make Ally what it is today. But for that period of time, it was, again, another very defining moment in terms of, am I the right person for this job? Do I know what I'm doing? And do I know how to pivot it forward and take this company where it needs to go? And what helped you get through that sort of period of what I what sounds like to me is like loneliness is really feeling like you're in this new position of discomfort, you know, you're out of your comfort zone, you don't have the team around you in the same way, you're now kind of building from scratch. Was it just time that got you got you past that point? Or was there anything specific that you did? You know, time is obviously a factor, but I really got very introspective. And it really focused, forced me to focus on the things that I had accomplished throughout my journey, my career journey, and really leaning into the fact that I could do this. It was almost like rebuilding my confidence around you've done this, this, and this. And sometimes I don't think in careers we pause and we celebrate the wins and we celebrate the accomplishments. I think we focus so much on, oh, I should have done that or I didn't think about doing that. And so it was a really good time of self-reflection for me to say you can draw on this experience and parlay it into this. You can draw on this knowledge and you can pivot it to this. It was really about returning to basics a bit and, and really kind of convincing myself, like, you can do this. And you, while you haven't exactly done this thing, you've done all these other things. And this is what you've been working for your whole life. So just put your head down and do it. And you know, being a former athlete, I think that's a big, whenever I'm challenged, when I'm, whenever I'm in a corner, I love to come out swinging. And that was a great, like, this is a come out swinging moment for you. So, you know, go do it and, and make it happen. And it, you know, turned out to be the best transition I ever made in my life from a career standpoint. I'm so thankful that I made the leap and that I had enough trust in myself that I could just go do it. And, and I, you know, sit where I sit today, which has been awesome. I love it. And I I really love the concept of sort of learning to use yourself as your own support system is is looking back and and looking within yourself to find the answers that you need, I think is, is such great advice for women. Tell me about your third moment. 
So I would say my third moment was really when I actually became CMO at Ally, which was just about three years ago now. I've been at Ally 10 years, but not in the chief marketing officer's uh, chair. And, you know, I think, again, another big challenge and another defining moment where we had a new CEO who I absolutely love and is somebody that I don't want to let down and somebody that you know, delivering for him meant so much to me. He put a lot of faith in me in terms of putting me in this job. We as a company were going through this massive transformation where we were introducing all these new products. We were introducing a mortgage and a credit card and an invest platform and a direct-to-consumer auto product. And we had this huge task in front of us, which was we have to diversify the company and marketing has to be the tip of the beer in terms of going out to consumers, connecting the dots for people and really growing awareness and growing the definition of what Ally is all about. And, you know, I think we didn't have a massive budget. We were in a category that spends ferociously. And again, it was a moment, a defining moment for me of how are you going to do this? How are you going to put this team together, which had historically been a bunch of separate pieces and now was all pulled together under one um, corporate marketing team with mm. this budget, with this task in this time frame? And I adopted this mantra, which has really become the, mal- the rallying cry for the team of outwit, outlast, outplay. And, you know, kind of leaned into a little bit of survivor mode there. I was going to say survivor definitely (laughs) got you, helped inspire to where you're going to be. I love that. Totally. And, and it really became the, the, the rallying cry for the team, which was, we don't have the biggest budgets. We don't have the the luxury of time. Um, We've got all this stuff coming at us. We have got to outwit, outlast, and outplay, and that's the only way that we're going to be successful. And it really allowed us to come together as a team. It drove a vision that everybody got around and got excited about. I think it brought out the uh, inner beast in the whole entire team, um, including the agency partners at the time. And it really like opened up this wonderfully creative body of work that wasn't just reliant on big TV campaigns, but allowed us to do some really interesting things in the marketplace that helped put us at our highest awareness we've ever been, our highest scores in terms of our likability, our highest scores in terms of social sentiment. So it's been really, really exciting to see, um, you know, how we've rallied and, and pulled up. And for me, you know, just a lot in terms of a defining moment of can I lead a team? Can I help a company pivot? And can I do this again? You think it doesn't matter how long you've been in business. I think you always have those can I do these mo- can I do this moment? And that was another one for me. Absolutely. And you're you're in such a highly competitive space in this field. And I know that financial services in general has been totally disrupted and, and really enhanced by technology. I know you guys were one of the first online banks to come to market. How do you continue to maintain that kind of culture of disruption and really breakthrough? How do you outwit, outlast, outplay? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, we do call ourselves the original disruptor because if you think about the time that we launched, there was nobody else in the marketplace like us. And 
you know, it's kind of interesting to watch, particularly the big banks all try and shift now to where we are relative to this notion of um, on online, you know, digitally yeah. savvy and um, and frictionless type of experiences. And I think the way that we have continued to disrupt is by leaning into what got us to where we are today, which is this undeniable, relentless focus on the consumer and Mm -hmm. doing things to solve for customer pain points. And that was our strategy when we came to market was that this is a category that was ripe for disruption. There were all kinds of things that were happening in the category that we needed to awaken people and we needed to move them from apathy to emotion. Because if you think about it, your money is probably like the third most important thing in your life behind your family and your health. Your money enables and empowers everything in your life. And people were just accepting things like huge ATM fees or not being able to have customer service 24 seven or not being able to access their money when they needed to, or paying crazy fees and having to put up with confusing jargon and confusing language. And so our whole idea was let's shake people, let's wake them up and let's get them emotional about their money. And I think that's how we've been able to outwit, outlast and outplay. We've taken really simple, but really strong insights. And we've used that insight to awaken people. And once you kind of move them to emotion, that allows you to stay true to our authenticity. And I think it allows you to stay really, really relevant. I've seen this with you guys time and time again. I mean, I love, for instance, and talk about tapping into emotion and also having, um, bringing likability to the fact. I love the splurge alert. Tell, tell people in case they don't know all about the splurge alert, because I think this is the cutest thing ever. Thank you. You know, that was our, that was really our first, um, we call them disruptors. So what I wanted to do was put in every few months, what we would call a disruptor and it would not be a big new TV spot or wouldn't be some kind of traditional media. It would be something interesting and something different. And the splurge alert was really the first one. And the idea of the splurge alert was that we actually created an app and in that app, you would input your financial kryptonite. So What are the things that you know if you come anywhere near that you're going to spend too much? So for me, it would be like going to Nordstrom or going to, you know, any shoe store. Forget it. I'm I'm toast. So you put that into the Splurge Alert app and then you actually get to pick five Splurge Buddies. And um, when you walked into the store that was your financial kryptonite, you got a push (laughs) notification from Ally because we geofenced that location that location and it would say to you hey Andrea get out of Nordstrom last time you were in there you spent way too much money you're saving for spring break something fun and something cute not preachy and then it would actually send a push notification to your five splurge buddies so that they could text you and help support you so it was a really cool way to get people to think about saving rather than spending but do it in a way that was fun and do it in a way that wasn't preaching. And then we used influencers. We used Drew Scott and uh, yep. from HGTV, and we used yep. Big and Rich from uh, Country Music, and let those guys demo the Splurge Alert app and showed them using it in a really fun way. And um, it was just a really cool and simple way to, to start the ball rolling for us. 
I just love the way you combine, you know, great data and insights with things that take something that might ordinarily feel intrusive, right? They're like in, you know, you're in their world, you're incorporated into their lives. And yet, it's done in a way that is so fun and makes them actually want to engage with their bank. I mean, that's, that's, pretty incredible. And that's a key, Carrie, because I talk about this with my team all the time, right? Nobody's waking up in the morning and saying, oh my God, I can't wait to go on the Ally Bank Facebook page, or (laughs) I can't wait to interact with my bank and social today. And so we've tried to find ways that we become more of a usage brand and we become a fun brand that you can interact with. That's why Splurge Alert, and then we followed it up with things like Lucky Penny, and then what we did around the Super Bowl this year with Big the Save. Big Save. It's fun. The Big Save. Yeah, I loved it. Stay yeah, relevant you, I mean, stay with them. When you're, when you're setting these up, these disruptors, are you expecting them all to work or are you okay with a miss on these types of things that are really a little more out there? It's not the same tried I, and true, right? You're trying something new. Yeah. How important I think you, you is have the to, return for you? You have to be okay with a miss. You have to because yep. particularly as the marketing tech stack is changing so much that there's, yep. no, there's no breadth and depth of learning. There's nothing you can rely on, right? You look at video content or TV, for instance. I mean, people have been doing TV for, what, 50, 60 years. You, you kind of can look at a TV spot and know what it's going to do. When yep. you create something like The Big Save and it's a virtual reality app, that's going to be played on every commercial break during the Super Bowl. No one's ever done that before. And you have to be okay if something goes wrong. And in fact, for us, something did go wrong. We had several hundred people that couldn't submit their scores for whatever reason. And, you know, we had to figure out very quickly post the Super Bowl how to deal with that and make it right for those people that weren't ultimately yep. able to play and participate in the contest. And so I think it's really more about how you handle the myth than it is being afraid of the myth. Ooh, that's a great point. And I know you get a lot of data from digital marketing, right? When we look at stuff, we can, we can see a lot with that data. But how do you balance that with creativity and use the data without letting it kind of stifle you? Yeah, I think this is the most important issue in marketing right now. I think the best thing to happen to marketing in the last five years is data. And I think the worst thing to happen to marketing in the last five years is data. And I think that we are really trying to be smart on how and when we use data. So I think using data to create insight, I think using data to validate approach, using data to find people at the most relevant time with the right message is is the right use of data. I think I don't believe in pre-testing of creative. I never do it. I don't believe in um, any, any use of data that hampers or inhibits the creative process because I yep. still believe very much that this is a business of the heart and that we yep. are paid as marketers to have a golden gut, and you have to rely on that golden gut. And I have never seen a great piece of work, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's video work or social work or you know print work, doesn't matter, that went through rigorous testing and came out the other end being great. It's really just the opposite. And I think 
the, the right use of data at the right time, informing the right insights and validating approach is the way to use data right now. Yeah, it's using it to validate the golden gut, not just really restrict it. I, I find that data, which is so excellent to be able to have, and you see you know, this massive amount of data that you can get specifically from social too. I mean, you look at it, you, re- you can really know a lot, but a lot of times it can stifle creativity. I think it's about using it to help prove the point of where your gut is going, because that, that is ultimately what you're paid for. You're paid for your great creative and really knowing what, what will work and what won't as, a, as an agency, at least. And so for me, that's right. I, I use it to support. You know, if not, then then you just why have marketers at all, right? Just just right. put everything into a computer, split data. out algorithms, yep. and buy everything through programmatic and create everything through DCO. So, from my lens, it's about how you use the data and when you use the data. And and look again in this category, financial services, we all have the same we all have the same data. And there's yeah. a number of financial services companies that have more data that can they have more money, they have more spend. So for us part of the creativity is how do you get creative with the use of data? How do you use the data to find the creativity in the way that we place media? How do we use the data to find creativity in the way that we speak to people and when we speak to people? It's more about that and less about saying data is going to dictate creative in this, in this forum. And so yeah. that's really how we're trying to balance things. I know at Ally, your brand promise is very purpose-driven. You guys are a purpose-driven brand. You're out there with that message. And I think that that's, that's very important in today's world. How do you use social media to help communicate that message? Well, look, social is obviously probably the most important media out there. And it's where people are living and it's where people are sharing and it's where people are going to to learn about brands and find brands that align with their values. And so we've really used social as um, as a way to um, create conversation and to create community. And we've also used social as a way to tap into the things that are important to people and, and what are things that consumers want to hear from us on or want to see us take a stand on. And so social amplifies everything that we do. We, for instance, just had our financial literacy month um, in April. We mm-hmm. did this really cool thing where we wrote a children's book called Planet Z and the Money Tree. And Ooh. we, um, it's a, it's, it's, so it's a book that is either both hard copy as well as digital copy. And we challenged our, um, our associate base to go out and read the book in, in local schools. So we had over 25,000 readings in local schools. And then we used social to amplify the ideas that were in the book. And we pushed out um, a lot of the content in social. We did fun questions and fun trivia around Planet Z and the Money Tree. We did fun little coloring books in social media that people could download and have fun with. Um, they could order the book and, and get the content through social. So we really use it as a great way to amplify the things that are important to us. But we also use it as a as a way to listen and to understand the things that are on our customers' minds um, that we need to take a stand on and that we need to be mindful of. That's brilliant. I can't believe 25,000 schools. That's so exciting. And it's a great way to engage your employee base around something that feels very meaningful, right? I mean, teaching kids about money too in, in an entertaining and informative context is really fabulous. Now I need, I need a copy of the you book. Know, I'm going right out. Can I, I can buy it anywhere. I can just go yeah. get it. 
absolutely. Well, you know what? I will send you a copy of the book because <gasps> you do need it. And it's, it's yes! really, really I'm cute. So and our whole, you talked That's... about um, purpose. <laughs> you talked about purpose. You know, we're really focused on this idea of economic mobility. It, for us, it's not giving a handout. It's giving a leg up. And how can we teach people to have a better life and how can we teach them to kind of create a better version of themselves? It's really easy to just give a handout, but it's really hard to um, put the time in and put the energy in and give in our heart the things that will help people have a better life for themselves. So that's where we're really, really focused. And we use social to really, I think, kind of create that community of like-minded people. Andrea, I am heading down to the lightning round. Are you ready? I'm going to ask you three questions, and whatever comes into your head, just say it. Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. If someone only knew you from looking at your social media profiles, what three words would they use to describe you? Mom, proud, fun. Three definitely good adjectives for us. Well, mom is not <laughs> Well, can a mom be? It's a noun. Adjective and noun. Three great words to describe. Okay. Next question, would you rather have the ability to change the past or see the future? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, probably the ability to see the future. But selectively, right? Like, I don't want to see too much. I only want to see a few things. I know. I, I like to see, see though. but it like, would be nice. I'd like to see, see the future of, of ways that I can win, ways that I can uh, get allied to the next great place. Exactly. And what I need and to do to watch out for my kids, make sure that they're okay. You want to make sure they're okay. I know. Me too. Me That's too. I right. think the same. <laughs> okay. Last question. What is one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? A uh, piece of advice that I would tell my younger self is give yourself a break. You can't be great at everything and it's okay to fail and it's okay not to, not to be awesome all the time. Um, I think as younger people, we're too focused on success. We're too focused on the future. We don't live in the present. We don't enjoy what we have. And I think particularly as women, we're so hard on ourselves. And you think you have to be the perfect mom, the perfect wife, the yep. perfect employee. And you just can't. You absolutely can't. So I'd really say to myself, just give yourself a break. Live in the moment and enjoy it. And don't try to be all things to everyone. Exactly. I, um, in my book, Work It, the, um, there's a story from a woman who built and sold with her husband, built and sold a company called Buddy Media, which was one of the most successful startup exits ever to Salesforce. Um, and what she said was they had three kids at the time and sold three kids. And um, she said, you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. <laughs> it's like you can't That's like right. something always suffers. <laughs> you can't. It's, you can't be perfect all the time. There's this great line in a Daughtry song that I always loved, which says, um, uh, you, you know, be careful, be careful if you want it all, be careful when you get it all because you just might get it. And it's, it's really like reminds you that um, if you ask for everything in the world and you get it, it's hard to handle all of it at the same time. And you have to just enjoy the small things. I think as we, as we age and we get wisdom, we realize the things that are really important and the things that aren't. And you don't realize that in your youth. And so, you know, I, I think that it's really, really important to focus on the things that really matter and the rest takes care of itself. And as I've gotten older and I've really adopted that policy, it's actually helped me be, be better at every aspect of my life. And so that would be my advice to my younger self. 
That's great advice. And Andrea, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You are one fabulous social lady. Where do you want people to go to check out all the amazing stuff that Ally is doing and to connect with you? Where's the best place to go? Well, ally.com if you want to check out all the great stuff that Ally is doing. And um, if you want to keep an eye on me and the pulse on the things that we're doing, it's at Andrea Brimmer on Twitter. And that's the best place to follow me. And Carrie, I really appreciate you having me on. Um, I'm a big fan and this has been a, a treat for me. So thank you. That was all the social ladies. Don't miss new episodes every week. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media and author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Follow me, at Carrie Kirpin, everywhere. And for more social smarts, be sure to follow Likeable, at Likeable Media. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.